Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 4, Episode 7, we conclude our roundtable about color. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. We didn't mean to leave you on such a cliffhanger, but if we didn't, then would you have come back? We're excited to continue our roundtable discussion. Drew, obviously, you've said these are your favorite things, but having guests on like this is just so much fun, especially when you get more than one mind in a virtual room like this. Yeah, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having them. I did want to do a real quick aside here based on our first episode. Tim doesn't even know this is coming. I mentioned in the first episode that I have some form of synesthesia where I associate a color or two or maybe three colors with a song. I don't I can't really explain it. It just happens. And I wanted to kind of prove this or show how it works sort of. So Tim, you're going to name one or two or three songs that hopefully most of the people on the podcast listening would know, or at least the, the very least that you and I both know. And I'm just going to tell you what color they are. Go. Okay. Good riddance. Is very green. Um, and it's not just because it's by Green Day. <laughs> I wasn't um, wondering that. No, it's green and it's got some brown in there too. Green? Like, a, like, like a bark of a tree sort of brown. Okay. Okay. Very, very interesting. How about the Hallelujah Chorus? The Hallelujah Chorus um, is both blue and gold. It, Yeah, like different parts of it kind of veer more towards one or the other, but it's blue and gold and then some white streaks in there. Very interesting. I'm going to finish it off with a hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Ooh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God is brown. Huh. Yeah, it it's it's kind of got a few different hues or shades of brown, but it's just very brown. That's very intriguing. Well, more on color. Let's get back to our roundtable. I've got a question, and I know this is for maybe all of you. And then I know I know Drew, you can edit this out if because you know <laughs> you know how I do. I, I go off topic a lot, but kind of not. Okay, recently I heard this term of a class of, class of music called Christian jazz. And I'm like scratching my head, like what in the world would make any kind of jazz Christian other than if they were singing Jesus loves me, this I know to a jazzy type of instrumentation. Am I missing something or I don't know. What, is, I have, have you else heard that term before? I have never heard that term before. No. Jazz? I think it was just an option in Spotify or something. I saw it. So huh. like. Okay. I mean, I, I suppose you could find artists that openly identify as Christian and are jazz artists, but other than but, yeah. would, the, but would the music reflect that? That's what I'm. I, I don't. Know. I mean, only in as much as any instrumental music can reflect its creator, I suppose. Unless they're playing like a hymn or something yeah. that has those associations tied to it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go back to. No, I was going to ask both of you, uh, it, since you both do listen to music as you're, as you're working, do you like pick what music you're going to listen to based on the piece that you're working on? Or do you just put the stuff that you normally listen to on and whatever happens, happens? Um, so for me, I, I actually listen to a 
gas station out of Seattle hmm. or Tacoma. Sure. Um, so whatever comes on, comes on. And sometimes it is, you know, a soloist with lyrics. And sometimes I do find that I will be in the midst of whatever the previous song was. And then the whole tempo and everything changes. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Maybe I should choose my, start to choose my music. <laughs> Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I do know that if I don't have music on, I feel like there's a, a big portion of the artistic uh, practice that's missing for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't actively say I'm going to listen to the Scatolites just because I feel like I'm going to be making a piece for Drew. I want Drew to really like this piece. So i, I got to have this music on. Uh, I don't do that. I, I, I just kind of, I know what kind of genre of music I, I maybe, am, I know what I like. I like a lot of music, you know, it, it's, it's a wide range. I don't listen to hard rap. I don't like, I don't opera. Opera is really hard for me, but I like a lot of, a lot of different types of music, but I just kind of like to mix things up and it, and it all works for me and it all is, uh, is appropriate. I think for, for the art pieces that I make at, at any time, just because, it's the music that I like. I mean, you know, I wouldn't pick rap music at all, but if I did and made art to it, I don't know who knows what would happen. But, um, I did want to touch on kind of on this as go back to what Tim was talking about with, with his, uh, his, his school kids. I, I love that idea of, you know, playing music and having them draw something. And I think that's good for us, even as visual artists to think of, you know, when we look at, like a Karen, one of Karen's paintings, what, what kind of music would we get from that? If, if, you know, to think about the opposite, I guess, you know, if looking at the visual arts and the pieces or so, for example, and, and I think she's made it kind of clear already with her pieces. Like if you had a show opening and your inner gallery was full of all your paintings and you needed to have some music in the background, what would you pick? And it's, you know, pretty obvious you'd have uh, jazz music or something like that. For me, I would kind of like like a mix maybe because for me a lot of my works are are really strongly faith based and show my Christian faith so I would probably put in a mix of some hymns maybe some Bach pieces things like that that had that kind of association to the Christian faith it also gives a little bit more seriousness you know as opposed to a polka band or or something like that, right? But, but but isn't that interesting how that all fits together, I think, really nicely. And I think that's kind of what this whole t discussion is about, really, is, is the connections between all this. I mean, there's been a lot of visual artists that they uh, now know had synesthesia. You say it better than I do, Drew. Wassily Kandinsky. Uh, they think Joan Mitchell might have had it maybe even uh, Mark Rothko, but Kandinsky writes a lot about the connection between visual art, music, and color. Yeah, and spirituality too. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I guess kind of turning that last question on its head to you, Tim, you, I'm guessing, don't listen to music as you're writing music, because that's tricky. I, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. But do you 
maybe put yourself in in a visual place uh, that makes writing easier. Like, do you go outside to write and find a nice, quiet place in nature? Um, or do you try to just eliminate all external, like just go to a quiet, dark room so that nothing distracts you? What What do you find works best? Depends. A lot of times I, I get a little melody or something that pops into my head and I try to not forget it. So I'll open up my voice memos app on my phone and just sing it out and be like, all right, or something like that. And then I'll just close it and maybe hit on it later another time. There are other times when it often happens when I'm doing a personal devotion or Bible study, um, actually in my office at church and something pops into my head and I just walk straight to the sanctuary, sit down at the piano and see what comes out of it. So that's the way for me that, that I've found that works. I, I don't really, I mean, if I'm at home, I, I'm not going to like drive into church and go sit at the sanctuary piano because that's what I do. I'd rather just open the voice memos app and record it for later. But at the same time, I've written a lot of songs before I ever lived and worked here in Wisconsin. So I don't know. That's, that's tough to, to pinpoint and nail down. I can tell you my current practice, but that's about it. Sure. How about you, Drew? Do you have like a certain environment that you like to be creative in the space uh, that maybe influences a little bit of the music? I, I guess not, not really. Most of it ends up being right at this desk that I'm sitting at now or wherever my, my desk, my workspace ends up being. And I guess you could say that that gets influenced because I'm surrounded by things that I chose to put there. Like I chose these books that are behind me and that random Lego robot. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, I choose the types of things that I'm surrounding myself with. So it's there's nothing like that's like visually unappealing that I'm like, that's very distracting. I wish that would go away because I would just make it go away because it, it was constantly distracting me from work. So I, I guess in that way, I, I work in a place that I, I find um, calm and comforting and things like that. But it, I don't generally like go out to find a nice park bench to sit on or anything like that. I've been kind of discussing with some colleagues of mine, um, tongue in cheek and cause there's a color that keeps popping up in almost all of my work and it's variations of turquoise. And I think it's because I'll step back from a painting and I'll go, this needs something. And then I laughingly have said, turquoise says it needs me. Um, but I think it's the contrast of that color. And so sometimes for a visual artist, it isn't always a wanted choice of color. Uh, maybe, I, I mean, a first choice of color, because now I've been trying to avoid that color, but <laughs> it isn't allowing me to avoid it. And I know that sounds wacky and crazy, but it just keeps popping up. Yeah, I think it gets to a point where you maybe are relying on it maybe as a crutch. I mean, I'm speaking for myself too, right? Oh. Mm -hmm. If you want to finish it, and that's always the hardest part, it's like my go-to color, here we go, okay, it's done. But, you know, I, I am making more uh, an effort to, to, to not do that too and just to really try to get away from my comfortable colors but to explore maybe maybe not to get away from them but maybe – explore more combinations because that's another aspect of this that really is important too it's not just the sole one color but it's the combination of colors and actually even too for visual artists the placement of colors is important too 
it, it has a lot of implications. If you put a blue at the top, somebody may read that as, as the sky. If you put blue at the bottom, they may read it as the ocean or a pond or something like that, right? So, but then if you start putting a lot of different colors in the combination, then things can get really complicated. And, and as you know, with Karen's work, it, it can become very wonderful too. So you, you mentioned like purposefully trying not to use certain colors in certain instances, whether it's because you were relying on it too much or whatever the case may be. But is, is there a danger in that, do you think, of by choose, intentionally choosing the color you wouldn't originally go with, that it will like potentially say something different or be misunderstood in some way? I think for me, it would be more that it's, you know, I think... I think good artists strive to get out of their comfort zone and to, to learn and explore and, and see what else is out there. I mean, it would be the same for you guys playing every song and what two chords and what, I don't know what the common chords are, C, G, whatever. You don't do that, right? I mean, you don't, not every one of your songs is the same chords. And if, and at some point you probably would say, you know what, I probably should do something different with this. I think that's the same for us. I think for visual artists, we want to try and get better. The next piece is going to be better than the last piece. And how do I do that? Well, maybe I get away from using that color or relying on that color to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's not that I don't like turquoise. It's just that, uh, like John said, I, I have this feeling that I'm relying on it and maybe I don't want to rely on it. It's not a bad choice because it obviously works, but would there be something else that might even work better? You know, and I think that's, to John's point, that's, as visual artists, that's what we're always doing. Okay, this next piece, I want to do better. I think it was really interesting um, during the supply issues of COVID, like in the very beginning, there were pigments that we couldn't get. I mean, I could not find titanium white anywhere. And I use a lot of titanium white. So it forced me to change my methods. And that's, I think, one of the reasons that I started to do uh, the newer pieces now that have the dark backgrounds. I didn't have titanium white to soften those colors I had. And and I wasn't going to stop painting. So, Sure. Thinking about music, like from a sense of like a musical score for a movie or something about that and how you can use music to kind of set a tone that connects with a visual tone as well. So I I guess I don't know how best to ask this, but have you had any experience with a a piece of work where you're trying to match a, uh, an auditory tone, like a a song or a piece of music that you're creating a, a, a visual piece to go with it and how how does color play into how you're trying to match the tone of a of a piece of music any experience with that at all not really i i don't yeah sorry i'm kind of drawing a blank on that the, the closest i can think of would be the 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 applic- the final application of a piece in the in where it's located at uh, maybe the associations with that but i can't I'm, I'm missing it, I think. Sure. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said I'm going to do this painting based on this piece of music, although there have been artists that have done that. But sometimes when I 
go to title a painting, uh, I might be influenced by a piece of music and its title and say, mm -hmm. well, yeah, this is kind of a good fit uh, to what I was feeling and to what I feel now in retrospect when, when I listen to that piece of music. And, and I think going back to that original question, I think that that's an interesting uh, stand or viewpoint in that you know, music does serve a really good role combined with, with the, with in, especially like a soundtrack in a movie, right? Where you can set the tone, um, you know, where you've got darkness uh, with the Star Wars or something, something's going to happen. You can tell a lot of times just by the sound that something intense is going to happen, right? Even before it happens. But then also, you know, the opposite things can be real, you know, you've got somebody walking around whistling and the, the music's real chipper and happy and quick and bouncy, you know that this is probably something that's good, right? So mm -hmm. the, the two work together really well for that. I don't do animation. So I, that's, that's kind of a different thing, uh, I think, it seems like, than what I'm doing. Before we start wrapping up, are there any thoughts any of you didn't get to share or any questions that you still have that we, we haven't answered yet? Uh, I don't think so. I got my Christian jazz thing out of the way. <laughs> uh, if you come up with anything, let me know. Um, but, uh, I I'll look into it. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. That might just be wrong. Christian jazz. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did like, though, I, I don't know if it was Drew or John mentioning, you know, do I paint? Do we paint specifically to a piece of music? But it could be an interesting collaboration. Yeah, yeah I, I that, know that's always a good thing for, for especially for visual artists, to expand their horizons by thinking about. Okay, I made this artwork. What would it? You know, if it's a painting, how could I make this into a sculpture? Or is there? How would how would I make this into a song? Kind of thing. I mean, just to think about that can help be helpful for us, I think, in, in our communication through our art. I was just going to say to Tim's, uh, you know, using that music voice app, I think that's kind of like our sketchbooks. Mm. Yeah. Um, most of us carry around a sketchbook, maybe not necessarily always with us on our body at every moment, but pretty well within reach so that we can jot down ideas that we have I've always kind of joked that I need a waterproof one for the shower. Oh. <laughs> you never know when it's going to hit you. <laughs> right? <laughs> John, you mentioned the, the idea of like work collaborating on and making a piece based on somebody's song or whatever. Um, the three of you are all involved in this big project that I, I started organizing. And we thought about doing that for, and we might do that in the future for a different project. The reason we didn't for this one was we figured if like one person started with a, a scripture text and like wrote a song based on it, and then another person did a, a visual piece based on that song, and then another person wrote a story based on that visual piece, that would get too far away from the original scripture and it would be too easy to, to misinterpret or say like, 
that story says something very different than the original scripture, and you can't say that. Uh, and that wasn't our intent at all. Yeah, that that to, could happen pretty easily, I think, right? Yes, very easily. But it would be interesting for for a different project in the future to just do that to to rather than like exploring scripture through these three lenses to just take an idea and have um, one person interpret another's work in their own medium. Everything that would be fun. All right. Well, it has been fantastic reconnecting with both of you and hearing all of your thoughts. As I mentioned, I, I hope to have you both back on very soon to talk about the project we've all been working on together but again just thank you very much for your time it's been a, a joy to have you today oh it's fun john thanks for asking those questions it was great i, I right. could talk about this all day i know <laughs> it really is it would it would just be great i'd love to be able to do this have so many notes and things that i want you know that ideas but uh, it's like no this is this has been great thanks for thanks for facilitating this you guys yeah. so really appreciate it it's always a pleasure awesome that does wrap it up for this episode and for this roundtable discussion. Thanks for being with us for these two weeks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. And as always, if you have questions you want answers to, people you want to hear from, or you want to talk about what you're working on, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. And for behind-the-scenes content and uncut video episodes, make sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 